This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18-plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Attention shoppers, we now have taste in the bread aisle. Dave's Killer Bread. That's right, an organic bread that doesn't need three spoonfuls of sriracha jam to delight your taste buds. Dave's Killer Bread is a 21-grain salute to the end of boring bread, a brand on a mission to make the most out of every loaf, to rid the world of GMOs and artificial ingredients, and plant the seeds of good in all that they bake. But Dave's Killer Bread has done more than raise the bar on bread. In fact, Dave's Killer Bread was built on the belief that second chances can change lives. When its founder, Dave, the guy with the guitar you see on every loaf, returned to the family bakery after 15 years in prison. Dave took that chance and ended up creating what would become the country's number one organic bread while never forgetting his not-so-easy path. That's why at Dave's Killer Bread, they proudly practice second-chance employment, hiring the best person for the job, regardless of criminal background. And by the taste of it, things have worked out rather well. Dave's Killer Bread. Bread Amplified. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me is Max Cohen and Yas Janais. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the dramatic 2-1 foam victory against Sunderland at Craven Cottage. This was a very nervy match. We're going to go through it. In the end, foam get all three points, and that's all that matters because we now put all the pressure back on Cardiff City. We're going to talk about this. The match ended about a half hour ago, so we are fresh with our views on this. But before I do anything, I have to welcome my co-host back to the show. First, Mr. Janaeus, are you okay, my friend? I'm still unemployed. I'm still looking for a job. You know where I can find a job. Oh, boy there, Giannis. Well, listen, uh, I look forward to doing this show with you, but we also have Max on the line with us. Max, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Russ. I'm, I'm hanging in here. That was one of the most nervy full of matches I've seen in a long time. But we found a way to win, and as long as we get that win... I couldn't care less how we did it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about all the different situations in this match, and I agree with you. I agree with Giannis. We were talking about this off-air. It's about getting the three points. That's the bottom line. doesn't matter how it happened. The fact that they got it, that's what we're talking about. 
and we move on. Breaks go on each team throughout the season. Maybe Fulham got a break or two in this match. So be it. But we get all three points and we move on. All right, Yanis, I'm going to start with you. Just give me your opening thoughts on this crazy 2-1 to victory. Well, sort of went the way I thought. Um, you know, the, Sunderland got relegated last week. Um, so nothing to lose. Two former managers coming back home. One, Cookie Coleman, is obviously a legend. And um, they wanted to spoil the party. And to give them enormous credit, I thought Sunderland played well tonight. Um, and uh, deservedly when they did. And But for a couple of calls, they probably think they could, should have got a point. But it just goes to show this is a crazy division. You could, you know, we lo- we've lost to Burton this year. We lost to Sunderland. You, you know, on your day, any team can beat you. And uh, we we toughed it out and we got it out. So really the, the the result was so much more important than the performance. And that was really the end objective. I think that's the way to look at it. Because if you look at it as a performance, it wasn't a great performance. I'm talking about just the way they played. And you have to give Sunderland a, a great deal amount of credit for the way that they played. And I, I want to give them credit. It's about all three points, and that's what I get out of it. It's finding a way to win. They did it once again. Max, your opening thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it was certainly a match that I think a lot of people thought would go easy. I mean, both of us on the post well, on wrong. Thursday. Yeah, on the, I mean, I said 4-0. I think you said 3-0. Yeah, um, I got this wrong. <laughs> I think we, we both got it wrong in a way. And, and when I said earlier, I compared it to the match we played against Reading back in 2013 when they were already relegated at the cottage and they came out here and they spanked us. They spanked us three, one and Sunderland played with, with the exact same kind of ambition, um, carefree nature that, you know, relegated sides can sometimes play with. And it didn't look like we even anticipated that in the first half. They were clearly the better side. The goal going ahead really shocked us. But I think my main takeaway from this match is Jokanovic's substitution after target went injured. That was game changing and he deserves immense credit for that because oh, we're going to talk about that yeah, absolutely sure big turning point because i think i certainly thought cyrus christie should have gone on um it was a big gamble to bring on abubakar kamara considering he hadn't played in, in a number of months but it was an inspired decision kamara led to the first goal and really was a constant thorn in the side of that sunderland defense so another example of yokanovich's really intelligent substitutions and fulham's res- resilience Okay, very good. We will be talking about that substitution in just a few minutes. But before that, let's start from the beginning. Let's talk about the starting 11. Giannis, over to you. Thoughts on the starting 11 and the 18 overall? Um, no complaints um, about the 11. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Obviously, um, Cabana uh, was injured. Right. Um, so it's, it's really what I, uh, good to see Luca De La Torre come in. I was a little mystified by Sunderland's uh, lineup, to be honest. Like, I was surprised I, I, by that. Yeah, it was a little. Um, I would have, uh, to me, I, I, I would have thought that uh, Maya and McManaman would have started for them. Um, but if you look at those players you, you, and you look at their performance, though, you do scratch your head a little bit as to why they've been so poor, what has gone wrong. And it's not just about the Jack Rodwell thing, it's just, just the. the ineptness all over the park and and you could see they got players like Coney and O'Shea and Wilson and even Honeyman these are experienced players and are good players and you you just wonder as to how they've been able to finish bottom but our lineup was what I expected and uh, it's the same lineup uh, providing targets for, for the Birmingham game that I expect in the last game of the season and so no complaints with what we put out there today. Okay I'm in agreement with you how about you Max? Yeah, I thought, you know, they came out with the youngsters, which was something we talked about before the match. 
and Asora rewarded that decision with a goal. Yeah, um, he did. And we saw it, you know, in the re- in the reverse fixture, uh, Josh Maja, former Fulham youngster, scored for them. So, in a team really made of experienced players, the youngsters have really shown brightest against Fulham this season uh, for Sunderland. And a lot of people are saying on social media, "How did the Sunderland team go down?" And I kind of have to agree with that sentiment. That why did it take so long uh, for them to finally, you know, play with ambition and, and really run at teams um, when they're so clearly off the pace and the bottom of the table? A lot of fans are wondering where this form was, you know, a couple of months ago. Okay, very good there, Max. All right, let's now go to the first half. And the way I want to do it just to begin is just talk about the opening stages. Let's talk about the first 25 minutes. And Max, I'm going to go to you first, and then Yanis, I will then go to you and get your thoughts on this as well. Let's talk about this. Do you think that the beginning stages was more to do with Sunderland and their approach or were Fulham playing nervous, not wanting to – lose or get a draw did they come out tight in here so I'm curious your thoughts about the opening stages here I think a big factor in how shaky that opening stage was was Tom Kearney's injury you know we start out here with sky high confidence a lot of fans are thinking it could be three four nil we're gonna play Sunderland off the pitch and then just you know one and a half minutes in Kearney goes down with that hip injury and something that kind of takes the the air out of Craven Cottage players start to get nervous because they're thinking if Kearney goes down and he's out what does that mean for, for the rest of the team so he never really fully recovered in that in the next 10 minutes. He looked a little ginger, wasn't really his usual self, misplaced a couple of passes. And he's so key to the way we play, to our tempo, that I think that um, injury affected the whole kind of team's confidence. And that was, and that was the major uh, turning point. Okay. Over to you, Giannis. I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you think that Kearney getting injured early in, the, in this match affected the confidence of the team? Was that what, one of the reasons why we saw them being very nervy in the very early stages, or are we not giving enough credit to Sunderland and their approach? I, I, I think it's the latter. I thought Sunderland were very good in the first half. Um, if, if we've got to rely on our captain struggling with a bit of an injury and we look a little dysfunctional, then we've got, we would, as a team, have more problems than we've got. The resilience of 23 games unbeaten has to come from the whole team. I thought Sunderland were good in the first half. I've got to give them credit. As I said, I'm still befuddled as to why, you know, um, why they've been bottom because they do have good players. And, and, and the, what I liked about their approach today is they pressed high up the field. Defensively, their shape was very good. They got men, men behind the ball very, very quickly. They looked dangerous in transition. And in a game that we knew that was going to be t- I mean, I didn't agree with all 3 4 nothing. I mean, did, really? We're not. No chance. Sunderland had nothing to lose. They're going to come down, loosey-goosey, Sky TV, go out, have a laugh, give it a go, see if they can upset some people. And to give them enormous credit, they did. And and uh, I thought they were full value for the lead when they took the lead. Um, you know, we were stunned in silence, but we hadn't really created a lot. And um, they set up well for the night. And I thought first half, um, certainly first 30 minutes, I thought they were they were good. They were, and they get the goal in the 28th minute, Giannis. And I'll go to you and want to get your thoughts on the goal from Joel Osora. What did you see here that gave Sunderland the lead? Well, I'm not going to, I mean, I think fingers might be pointed. I think fingers might be pointed in terms of um, yeah. Matt Target on this one. But again, you've got to, you've got to look at where, you know, they, the, goal, the, the goal for me um, was, was, was cleverly built up. And, and, and the turn, um, the turn, was a, it, was a, it, was a, it 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 was a
Yeah, it was it was a nice turn, and, and it, it was quick, and and he's he's um it's all Alan Mitrovic, you know, the quick execution. There's not a lot of backlift there. A couple of fingers have been pointed at um, Betts, but I don't think he could have got that. It was a nice finish, and um, we just seem to be we seem to be tight. But I think, for me, um, we, we I think we looked I think we actually looked. Um, I think we looked surprised by the way they came out of Russ. I think that's what it was. I, I don't, maybe maybe some of the players have been reading too much of the uh, too much press. You know, do, do, do I'll say it again? Do you really expect a team like this to come down and roll over and like your cat and you rub its belly? No. And um, Target got caught a little bit there. And but to be fair to Zoya, it was a, it was a nice finish. And uh, you know, one nothing down, and it's sort of a worst case scenario because you're playing the bottom team in the league, and you're about a thousand right. points ahead of them, and they've taken the lead. But but I thought at that point they were full value for the lead. I agree, Giannis, and that's why I, I wanted to pose this: is is this about form or is this about Sunderland? And I, I think we're in agreement that a lot of this you have to give credit to Sunderland and the way they played, and uh, they probably deserve that goal, and they get the goal, and they, and they take the lead. And then uh, shortly after that, we have uh, a shot by Piazon to try to get the equalizer in the 31st minute. Then we have possibly a huge turning point in this match, and let's talk about this. Let's stop here. Let's talk about Matt Target going out injured, and let's hope he's okay. And a very interesting decision to bring on Abubakar Kamara and obviously move Ryan Sessegnon to left back. Giannis, I want to get your thoughts on it. Max has already talked about it. I'll go to him as well. Was this a turning point in the match? bringing on Abubakar Kamara. You've wanted to see him. Well, you saw him in this match. Yeah, and it wasn't under the circumstances that I would have thought. I mean, I think he, he, I think Slava, um, Slava sort of, um, he, I think he was almost taking the piss, but I'm, I'm actually sending you a picture, and you're not to laugh out loud as I send it to you. Um, okay. On, on, onto your Facebook thing when you see the picture. Okay. But when you look at Neil Warnock, I mean, it, it sort of makes a mockery of the manager of the season because managers of the season <laughs> aren't just determined by the, the results that they generate with their teams. But so much of it right. is determined by the lineups, the formations, and the substitutions. Thank you for the picture, by the way. <laughs> I, I thought that would make you laugh. <laughs> we won't share what did. what's said, but it says it all. Okay. But, but Kamara's been... <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. He's been such a team, a good team player. He's been sitting on the bench and deserved because Mitra has been doing the goods. And he came on and immediately made an impact. And this guy wants he to did. play. He wants to play. And the same way, I've got, I've got to applaud Slava for bringing Rui Font on. Because, you know, Font's been... We'll talk about that too. Yes, sitting patiently on the bench. And and he's got, you know what? You obviously work hard, you train hard, you can't get in the lineup because I'm not going to change it. But I'm going to give you a chance to make an impact, to cloak, you know, come in early like Boo Boo did or close it out like close it out like Rui did and and they've done they've done good jobs but Kamara was an absolute beast out there and he was I feel bad because Target you know Target has been immense for us and and you thought oh dear now Ryan's got to come back to left back but as it turned out it worked to the betterment for of our shape and absolutely um, Kamara was a beast to, to today and just outstanding very good point there, Giannis. And uh, Max, I'm going to go to you. I'm glad that Giannis is talking like this because my fear was when uh, Kamara comes on and you move Sessegnon to left back, you're kind of hurting yourself because of the way he plays further up the pitch. He's so dangerous. But it actually worked out really well, and Kamara responded and 
as we're talking about, made an impact. So you're calling this a, a turning point. I agree with you. Let's, let's now get a, a little bit more of a view from you on this uh, substitution for substitution because of the injury to Matt Target. Yeah, it was a major turning point for me because Kamara's pace, the addition of that uh, aspect of the match, that resulted directly in the equalizing goal just a couple of minutes later. And he was our biggest attacking outlet in the second half as well. Uh, the Sunderland fullback on that left side couldn't deal with him. And when you combine Kamara's pace with Frederick's pace, there's really no answer, I don't think, for anyone to stop those two players. And it was really impressive for me because Kamara had spent so much time on the sidelines in recent weeks. I think it had been around two months since his last first-team appearance. So to see him immediately slot back into the side and contribute was very impressive. And even though Sessegnon was moved to left back, I think in the end it benefited our, our attacking play even more because Piazzone is being, effect, being ineffective in that right-wing position and Kamara offered much more for us. Okay, excellent there, Max. Very good talk about the substitution, a potential very big turning point in this match. All right, guys, now we got to talk about a controversial situation, controversy, and I want to get thoughts from both of you on this. This involves Tim Ream. So, Giannis, I'll get your view on this first, this situation that happened. Was this a, a penalty? Uh, yeah, I think it actually was, <laughs> to be honest. But then I'm going to prefer- I'm going to uh, supplement that by saying, who gives a bollocks? <laughs> you know, we've had, you know, I, we, I think Mourinho years and years ago used to say, well, I always oh, it Wenger. Anyway, one of those two. Right. About, the season evens itself out. You get good calls and then you get bad right. calls. And we got a bit of a home call there. And we've had some really dark calls against us. And um, right. today we rode the luck. Um, would I have given, given that? Yeah, probably. Um, but I don't care. Because you know we deserved a bit of luck and we got it and uh, we rode it and and got the result. It's um, you know I think it's I think if that if that being up at the stadium a light he'd have given it. So we'll that's take the way I'm away. looking at it. Yeah, and he kept us in the game and that was all the matter. Okay, Max, your view on this? I, I agree with Giannis. I, I've seen several angles of this, and uh, I think if it was up at the stadium light, that that would have been a penalty. Do you agree or disagree? I think we did benefit from a bit of a home pitch advantage in that situation, but it's there's not a lot in it to be fair. I think, and the player, the Sutton player, does himself no favors by going out in that outrageous diving manner, and that's what did it for me because he just over exaggerated to a ridiculous extent, and that I think that's what made the referee not signal for the penalty because he just flailed his arms out, threw himself right. over when it really did not was not that much of of a contact for me. Okay, very good. And, and again, the way that I'm looking at it, yes, we're talking about it. Yes, I'm thinking that, that it was a penalty. But Giannis has already mentioned this. The calls even out over the course of the season, we've had calls go against us. And yes, maybe this was a, a home call, but um, you get them and sometimes you don't. This time they got them, so we, we move on. But I just wanted to mention it and share our thoughts on it. We have another one a little bit later on that we're going to be talking about as well. But Max, I want to go right back to you. Let's talk about Equalizer performed by Lucas Piazon. Yeah, and it was literally right from that penalty decision that led to the goal. Uh, almost reminded me of the way we scored against Leeds, right when Bednelli made that fantastic save and they probably should have equalized. We go up the, the other end of the pitch uh, and score the goal. And the speed of this counterattack was superb. And the main man for me in this one is Kamara because he makes that superb run uh, that Frederick feeds him on the right wing. 
And instead of, you know, kind of bombing down towards the byline, which is what we might have seen from him in the beginning of the year, he very intelligently cuts back inside, completely fools his defender, creates a lot of space for himself, then let, then plays in Fredericks down the line, who's crossed his period and Piazone can tap it at the far post. So the speed of this attack was really impressive. The awareness of Kamara to not just, you know, pile down his pace right down the line, but to take a second to let other players join the attack. That's what really stood out for me. Okay, excellent there, Max. All right, let's now talk about the second half. But before we do, I just want to get your thoughts in between the halves at halftime. Giannis, what was going through your mind at 1-1? Uh, I, I think I saw a little talk about this on uh, on our group message that you were still feeling confident that we would get that goal to make it 2-1. So at halftime, is that what was going through your mind? Yeah, I, I must I must confess, Russ, I do have a good laugh um, with our cottage talk group because the panic and the cliff jumping is is just is brilliant. You've if you if you've been supporting the team for as many years as I have, we've seen all levels of shit. We really have. Um, we've played the lowest of the low, the highest of the high. We've had dramatic, you know, uh, meltdowns. We've had um, incredible scenes. It's you know, but I was quietly confident we'd win this because I knew what some of them were going to do. I mean, it's it's um, like the Millwall game last week. When I mean, they uh, Millwall yep. battered, battered us, and we might as well have been a bit of we might as well have been a bit of cod in a fish and chip shop. They gave us a good battering and served us with chips. But it was what I thought they'd do. They'd come out flying, and then second half, once we'd settled down and slavered out a few words at halftime, we'd be fine. And in this one, right. um, I thought that um, I, I was pleased because one one. I thought, oh, at least at least it wasn't one nothing. But I felt. Before the game, I thought two with a big goal, goal in it, and I thought two one might be the result as, as it would be. And um, second half, I think our players thought, well, we got the equaliser, and and once again credit to Piazon by the way, because this guy gets so much stick, and I just, I I said this last week during half the game show. I'm just just I'm bored with fans that do this. You know, do you re- not every player can play the same way. Every player brings their own element. And you've got to have faith in Slava that he has faith in this lad that he's in the starting right. 11. He's done a magnificent job as manager. Yes, he's in there for a reason. For a reason. Thank you. For a reason. And so, guess what? He gets the equaliser. Um, tar- the target thing, of course, you know, was an enforced change, but it, it would actually right. turn out to be a positive. But I think um, I felt we'd nick it, but I didn't think it was going to be easy because, I, again, I didn't think Sunderland would roll out and die. Um, it's not like, I mean, it's, I'm not saying, you know, if, if they beat us and they, they were awarded 65 points, they might win the division because that wouldn't happen. But you knew that it's a long journey down. They bought a fair number of fans and they're going to try and give a good effort. And they did. And they, they did. created some problems for us in the second half as well. So, and it got a little bit nervy um, until we were able to get that second goal. But until then, Sunderland were full value for the draw. Absolutely. And uh, what's interesting about this is that at halftime, I was nervous and uh, I'm not as optimistic as my friend Max. And Max, you're optimist Max. Were you optimistic at halftime? Ross, I think you know the answer is to this one. (laughs) Yeah, you you know, I was because we got the goal at the perfect time at the end of the first half. It killed the momentum. It gave us a lot of momentum going into the second 45 minutes. If we'd gone in the half 1-0 down, it's a completely different story. We need two goals to overturn the deficit. But the match was finally poised at 1-1, and we had all the wind um, behind us. We were going to be attacking the hammy end, final home match of the season, hopefully. A lot of um, 
uh, you know, a lot of passion from the lads, from the fans as, as well. So I really believe we're going to get that second goal. It took a little longer than I thought it would, but in the end, I ended up being right, luckily. Okay, excellent there. All right, guys, let's now get into the second half and let's talk about what transpired here. And uh, listen, Fulham came out strong. They were they were looking for that go-ahead goal. You have a shot by Johansson, the 46th minute, 50th minute. You have a shot by Kamara that is saved by Steele. And then in the 53rd minute, Steele makes a save on a free kick by Johansson. Then finally, we, we get a good opportunity from uh, Alexander Mitrovic in the 57th minute. Two minutes later, you have a shot by Kearney that goes wide. So things are going on. And then in the 62nd minute, Piazon has a free kick that goes over. And then right after that, well, about 10 minutes later, you have Kearney that goes wide. So Fulham definitely getting their opportunities, guys, but cannot get that go-ahead goal. Now let's talk about a potential another turning point. And Giannis, I'm going to give you the honors on this because we were talking about Kamara. Let's now talk about Font coming on for Piazon. This turned out to be a good move. I was very pleased with it. And, you know, a lot of fans have been critical about Font's contribution to the team this year. But I think that's often, I think the two reasons, firstly, because of the, the price. And secondly, we remember somewhat not, you know, lacking in fondness, what happened with um, Mitroglu um, when he came in. Although, to be fair to Mitroglu, he was hurt when he came in. And he's, and he's proved yeah. since that he is a quality player. He was before he came and he has been since he's left. And Font, for me, um, there's something about him that I like. He's not, he may be not be suited to the championship in terms of his style and certainly in terms of his physique and his toughness. But he's a, he's a quality player. He's a quiet player. And um, I thought that was probably Slava um, showing some faith in a player who's worked hard in training. And I'm, I'm really big on that. I think, to me, you've worked hard. You've not been able to get into 11 for obvious reasons. But we're going to give you some time so that you can still make a big contribution for however long you're going to be on the pitch. And uh, I thought it was a brave call. But this is showing Slava having complete faith in his squad. And I think that's I think that's excellent and um, full credit to him. And that's why the two pictures that I, I sent you earlier, it does make yeah. a mockery of champ, you know championship manager of the year, because I, I'm you know uh, Spiritus Santos has done a magnificent job with Wolves, albeit with some incredible players. But to engineer half a, a league season without defeat is ridiculous. And um, Slab has done that. And to yep. me, I think on a separate note, you've got to award your manager of the year after the season, not 30 games I agree in. With that. And um, it's, it's sort of look, it looks embarrassing now because I think few, few people would, would vote against Slava right now. Um, but back to Font, I thought he did a good, made a good effort and he worked hard. And uh, as subs, you want to come, come on the field and at least contribute, even though, you know, you, you might be a bit part player. And I thought he did his job. Okay. And the one thing that I was thinking about while we're watching Rui Font is that he never gave up on Rui Font, Giannis. He no, kept he faith didn't. in him. And he yeah. shouldn't. Right? I totally agree. But I just think it's great that he could come on in a crucial situation, a nervy situation, and make an impact in his own way, be part of the solution. So I want to give Rui Font some credit here. And I also, like we're doing, give credit to Slavisa because uh, – Again, we haven't seen much of Rui Font. He's not given up on him. He plays him. 
and uh, he's rewarded by a good impact from Rui Font. So yeah. over to you, uh, Max, your thoughts about this. Do you see this as maybe another little turning point? Because I'm seeing this as the manager having faith in a player and being rewarded for it. Yeah, it, it was a turning point, I think, as well, because Rui Font offers that you know nice technique, passing style, control in the center of midfield um, that I don't think Piazon really offered uh, as much. So when, when Font came on, you know, he might have got muscled out for a couple of balls. Uh, but I think overall he slowed down the game of the pace in, in, in a way, gave Fulham more control uh, in, in the midfield, and did quite well for me, especially considering he hasn't played in so long. Um, the way he slotted back in pretty seamlessly was was pretty impressive. Okay, excellent. All right. Very good talk about Rui Font and uh, seeing him come on as a substitute. All right, guys, let's now go to the goal by Alexander Mitrovic. He heads it in the back of a net off of uh, a free kick. And uh, I think this is another controversial situation. But let me just say, before we talk about it, because I, I want to get your view, was this offside? In the end, I don't care. Like, we're already talking about it. You know, it's about the three points. The calls go for you and against you. I'm just mentioning this in advance. But I just want to say, most importantly, I'm just glad that we scored and we got all three points. But if I'm judging the situation, Giannis, I think he's offside. We've seen several views of it. Do you think he was offside here? Yeah, I think it was marginal again. But again, that's another, you know, that's another call that we may not have got um Early on in the season, that's stayed in white. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? You, you know, it it goes, it swings and roundabouts. You do. I don't care what anyone says. You do need an element of luck. The best, you know, the best teams get the the rub of the green for some reason. The worst teams don't. You know, and uh, but to be fair, superb delivery by Steph Joe, who to me Absolutely. doesn't get enough credit, and he's become a really spiky element of our team. He's 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 really in no a no-nonsense player, and um, beautiful delivery, and, and uh, Mitra's done what Mitra does best. 14 oh, fantastic, Ridiculous. Ridic- the bottom line is that he scored the goal. Forget about the other thing for right now, just for the time being. I know I mentioned that we're talking about the offside. It's the goal, and it's, it's, goal. A, it's a great goal. Oh, it's a great goal. It's a great goal. It's a timely goal. You know, we're in the last 15 minutes, um, and but even then... They still kept coming. They, they did. We're going to talk coming. about that. Yeah, they, they, they. Uh, you know, I'm still. That scared. team wasn't giving up. Yeah, they, they, they played. You know, Sunderland are going to feel a little aggrieved and not getting the point. They played. A, they played their part in this game, yep. but I, I feel it's our time. I feel it's our time, and and um, you know what? A few complaints. How it goes in doesn't go. If it goes off your ear, or it goes off your ass. As long as it goes in the back of the net, it was a super head, a lovely delivery by exactly. Steph Joe. And that's it. 2-1, we're in the lead. Absolutely. And over to you, Max. I want to get your thoughts on this. It's a great goal. Let's not take anything away from the goal. You can talk about the goal. I just wanted to get your view on it being offside. I I'm, I think, like Giannis said, that it was offside, marginally offside, but it was. And that's just my thoughts on it. But in the end, you get your breaks. It happens in all sports. happens to all teams. And I'm not going to say that Fulham – don't deserve all three points because of some of these situations. You earn your points in all different ways. You get your breaks. Fulham might have gotten another break here. So be it. But your thoughts on the goal? First of all, I agree 100% with Giannis. It's our time. 
This is our time. Right. And this goal showed that because number one, yes, he is fractionally offside. And in past years, we might not have gotten that break. Number two, the goal comes from a set piece. When does Fulham score from set pieces in the past <laughs> three, two and a half years? I mean, we've been known for conceding goals from set pieces. I mean, we're not a team that scores headers from set pieces. Right. But suddenly that's who we are because of Mitrovic, because of that extra dimension he's brought to our play, which is very underrated that we're scoring a lot more goals from crosses and set pieces now. If you think of the goals that Mitrovic has scored, um, many of them have been from crosses. And it's interesting because, Russ, you always read the, the, the pre-match stats for me in our yep. preview shows. And we're always very low uh, in the rankings of how many crosses we attempt per match. Yep. But I think now what it's showing is the crosses we do attempt are usually pretty successful. And, you know, both our goals tonight came from crosses uh, as, the, of course, the winner. And to have that a dominating physical presence in our team is such an asset. So that's why I think, you know, this year is different. It's certainly our time. Like it's our said. time is what you're saying. Yeah, the tide has definitely changed in just kind of the whole ethos around Fulham. We're getting the lucky breaks. We're getting kind of scrappy wins. We're getting scrappy goals. And I think that's what might make the difference this year. Okay, excellent. Giannis, stop sending me these pictures. You're making me laugh while we do this show. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit left out, guys. I don't think I'm in this chat. I'm, I'm on the outside looking in here. Oh, they're good pictures, by the way. All right, guys. Let's just talk about the end of this match. Max, I want to get your thoughts. Giannis already actually said something that I wanted to mention as well. I want to give full credit to Cardiff. I can't believe I just said that. Full credit to Sunderland. I do not know Cardiff. No, I can't even mention the name. Oh, no, I know. Uh, I, I do want to give them full credit because they did not give up. They kept playing to the very end. And uh, Fulham found a way to see this match out. Over to you, Max. I want to get your thoughts on, on the uh, way this match ended. I mean, fair play to Sunderland. They did not give up. And even after they scored that second goal, the, the announcer um, on ESPN here in the States said it could be another Brentford. For Fulham, he hinted that you know they might get a late equalizer, and that wasn't completely out of the question. Considering we kind of sit back, we almost invited the pressure at times, and they took that on, and it showed uh, how you know aggressive and how resilient they were. Is that we needed to resort to those time wasting tactics, take it to the corner tactics. We weren't just seeing this one out comfortably. It was still a fight to the very last minute. In fact, the the ninety sixth minute, in fact because we tried to waste so much time. I think that, that tells you a lot about how Southern played, that we treated them with almost that sort of respect that we needed to do everything we could to see this match out because they were such worthy opponents on the day. They were, and I'm glad we're talking about that. Yanis, you've already mentioned about the way that uh, Sunderland ended this match. Let's talk about the way Fulham ended this match. Your, your thoughts? I just Sorry, I'm just de- dealing with a disturbance here. Um, just, i just got to clear. Get out of here. Get out. Get out. Sorry. <laughs> Get out. I've got Cardiff fans in my bedroom. Get out. <laughs> Get out. Out. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I couldn't resist that. You know what? Um, it got uh, it got a little nervy, but I thought we had it at hand. I mean, we you know, we we fought Kawas on. We've, we, we, we've defended pretty well. There was that one bit, though, where... Um, Sessignon decided to head the ball across his box, which was a little bit silly, but he's 17, so I'll, I'll give him that. Um, but I thought defensively we were pretty sharp, and we didn't you know, over the 90 minutes we didn't give away many chances. So that was um, 
that that was good. And uh, I really didn't I really didn't think after we Mitra had scored that goal that we were they were going to unlock us. Okay, excellent there, Giannis. Uh, you know, again, listen, it's great to see them see this match out. And I keep saying this. I think this is the difference. Maybe last season they don't see it out. I, I know everyone was pointing to what happened against Brentford, but I see that a little bit differently. This is a, a team that can see a match out, and they did here. And uh, we found a way to get all three points, and that's the bottom line. All right, guys, let's move on. Let's quickly talk about the stats in this match, and then we will go through the player ratings from Ryan O'Donnell. I'm sure they're very interesting, and we will talk about that in just a second. But let's quickly go through the stats, and uh, let's start at the top. Let's start with possession, 61% to 39% for Fulham. Total shots, 14 to 8 in favor of Fulham. On target, 5 to 2 in favor of Fulham. Corners, 4 to 2 in favor of Fulham. Crosses. 16 to 12 in favor of Fulham. Tackles 30 to 14 in favor of Fulham. Attempted passes 524 to 339 in favor of Fulham. Attacking passes 245 to 141 in favor of Fulham. This is a good stat, guys. Passing accuracy 83% for Fulham. Sunderland, though, had 74%. Not bad. Aerial duels 19 to 18 in favor of Sunderland. And fouls were in favor of Fulham 15 to 10. All right, Giannis, quickly, what stands out to you from the full-time stats? 2-1. <laughs> That's quick. <laughs> That's it, 2-1. 2-1, okay. 7 billion shots on net, and it wouldn't have mattered as long as we won it 2-1. It's, it's, okay. it's the final end product that matters, and, and we got it. Okay. Are you in agreement, Max, with uh, Giannis on that? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it's always about the final result, and that's all that's going to happen today. That's all we care about was a 2-1 victory. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah no, I mean, that, that's important, <laughs> the 2-1. Um, but yeah. I think what's also important is we, we might overlook how dominant we were in that second half just because we only got the one goal. But I think what the stats show, it easily could have been four or five. And we basically camped out outside of Sunderland box for much of that second half. And one thing I'd like to bring up about kind of our dominance, but our only one goal in that second half, is I think we did miss Sessegnon in those more attacking positions because we had a lot of opportunities when it was in tight spaces, Sunderland had a lot of men back, and we just needed that intelligent final touch. And what Sessegnon is so good at, which I think we lacked, is getting that finish, being in the right place at the right time, and sucking away those balls inside the box. So I think we suffered a bit from having him at left back uh, when we were very dominant but couldn't get the goal. Interesting. Okay. Very good takes by both of you on the full-time stats. I just like going right to two to one. That's very funny. I enjoy that. All right. Let's go through the ratings from Ryan O'Donovan, who's now on Football London. So check that out. He has now moved uh, locations where he's writing. So go to football.london and you will see Ryan O'Donovan. And here are his ratings. Let's start with Marcus Bettinelli. Giannis, he gives him a seven. Agree or disagree? Agree. There could be question marks against the goal, um, but he didn't really have that much to do. Um, Very vocal behind the the back four, so seven's fine. Okay. Max, seven, agree or disagree? I think seven's uh, very fair, considering, you know, he didn't keep the clean sheet. But honestly, I don't think there was much he could have done about the goal. It was very well placed, and it was also through – Tim Ream's leg, so he had a restricted view. But I can't really consider any massive saves he made, apart from the goal that he gave up. 
he wasn't troubled that much. So I think seven is, is a fair result. Okay. Now let's talk about the fullbacks. Ryan Fredericks, he gives an eight. And let's go and look at what he gave Matt Target. Now, Matt Target obviously went off injured. He gives him a six. Max, agree or disagree with these two ratings? I think those are fair. I think Target, um, I think six is, is, is pretty low for him considering how well he's done the season. But I think it's fair for the, the match tonight. He, he picked up that early knock um, and came back on actually after he initially uh, got some help from the physio, but then had to go off. And he was partially at fault for that first goal. So I think a six is fair. Okay. Over to you, Giannis. Do you agree with those ratings? Same here. I thought Fredericks was excellent today. And I think Target, you know, there might be some a couple of question marks about the way he was turned uh, for their goal. Um, and unfortunately went off injured. But, um, you know, probably the only performance he's ever given for the team that was might be considered subpar. And if six is subpar, that's pretty good. Agreed there. All right, Giannis, back to you. Let's look at the center backs, Reem and Odoi. Ryan O'Donovan gives Reem a seven. He gives Odoi an eight. Agree or disagree? I might, I might give them eight, both eight. I thought Odoi was immense, but I thought Reem was very, very calm as well. He did very little wrong. And it's amazing. What a, what a turn of events that you think Odoi's first game as a center back came in the Reading game, or two, three yep. games in the season. And now he's first choice with, um, with the, uh, Tim Ream. I think just, just outstanding development. And, and I'm very, very pleased with him as well. So, I, I would give both of them eight. Okay. Over to you, Max. I'm, I'm going to go seven. Yeah. Odoi gets an eight, but Giannis is going eight for both of them. Do you agree or disagree with Ryan, or do you agree with Giannis? Or do you agree uh, Yeah, I'm to be honest in this situation. I think eights for both of them is very fair. The first goal that they conceded is poor. I think both of them have questions to be asked, but apart from that one minor blip, they were excellent. Many instances where Reem, uh, took the ball away from the from the Sunderland attacker, and instead of booting it long, had a nice bit of skill, and then carried it out and started the attack. And that's such a great part of his play that we see so consistently. And Ador did the same thing. They repelled every single long ball that was given to them. They had some really great uh, challenges when it looked like Sunderland players might take a shot. They snuffed out all that danger. Very impressive for both of them today, tonight. Okay, excellent. Max, back to you, the midfield three. McDonald gets an eight. From Ryan O'Donovan, Johansson and Kearney get a six. He mentions that uh, about the injury to Kearney, so factor that in. Do you agree or disagree with the ratings for the midfield three? I actually do agree with, with all of those. I think McDonald was very impressive, had really nice defensive contributions, shielding the back four, and also had a couple of chances uh, to score of, of his own. But I think he was definitely the most solid of the midfield three. And Johansson and Kearney were pretty disappointing tonight. Candy obviously was had that hip injury, which affected him. Uh, I don't think we can be too critical of him considering he was carrying that, and he played the majority of the match, which is surprising for me. Um, he had a number of chances to score that he put wide, which he probably should have done better. And Johansson didn't really get a grip on the match. Almost got himself sent off towards the end there when he took that massive swing on a Sunderland player off the ball. But, you know, he's always going to be a player who's going start, to start a snuffle like that. But luckily, um, he stayed on the pitch. But I'm going to say, yeah, six for Kearney, six for Johansson, eight for McDonald. Those are fair ratings. Okay. How about you, Jans? Um, I agree with two, um, the, the Kearney and McDonald, but I'd give uh, Steph Joe a seven 
if only for, for that that brilliant cross that led to the Kamara goal or to the um Mitchell yeah. goal. It was just a thing of absolute beauty. He's like he's he's our Norwegian version of Rocky, is Steph Joe. I like him. He's a nasty <laughs> little brother. He is, and uh, and I and I think the, the fans really wanted that this year. You know, he's he, he had some mm, questionable performances at the start of the season, but he's really really got going, and he's he's um he's a combative little tyke, and that's and that's not a bad thing. And but that cross to to, to um uh, Mitro was just 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 wonderful, and uh, so I'd agree with two of them, but I'd give Steph Joe seven. Okay, excellent. All right, Giannis, back to you. Let's now look at Ryan Sessegnon and Lucas Piazon. Let's talk about them two together. And Ryan O'Donovan gives them both sixes. Your thoughts? Do you agree or disagree? I um, Sessegnon. I agree with. I think he's looked tired. You know, he's he hasn't scored for. I don't think he scored for several games, and he he looked a bit in and out. But he's the kid's only seventeen, honestly. But but Piazon, I got to give a seven, and not just for the goal because he was Johnny on the spot. I thought he worked very very hard, and he, he provides a different element. He's a he's a quality player, but not not you know flashy with speed or or flashy with passing. He just the simple things right, and his first touch is pretty good. So um, and massive massive equaliser at a huge point as well. I was right really right there um, to pick up that rebound, and it was. Uh, it was it was huge because had we gone in one nothing, uh, we really would have been chasing the game and leaving ourselves potentially exposed by pushing players forward. So it's not just the goals you score, but it's when you score them. And uh, so I would six for Cess, yes, um, but Piazan for me gets a seven. Okay, how about you, Max? I, I'm going to go seven and a half for both of them. You know, Cess didn't get that goal last week against Millwall, but I totally agree with you, to be honest, that he has looked tired. He's not been his early season self, um, certainly, because here he's 17 and he's played every single match for us, started every match except one, that match against Norwich. So I expect him to kind of drop off in performance. But I do think he was very impressive when he got switched to left back, considering he hadn't played there for, you know, since January almost. He was very comfortable. number of occasions he just bodied off the Sunderland wingers and showed so much composure to start attacks as well. Uh, I think he was a very capable replacement for target. And I, I think I agree. Piazon should be much higher considering he scored that crucial goal and really always gives his all for Fulham. And that's what's most important for me. So I think seven and a half for the wingers, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, so I want to go back and talk a little bit more about Piazon because here we are, we're talking about him the last two matches. I know we're not there, so maybe – we're not seeing something others are seeing, but I'm still seeing many people not buying in on uh, PAs on playing better. Am I missing something? Are we not seeing something on the uh, stream that others are seeing, say, at Craven Cottage or at, at the Den? I, I, uh, I don't want to sound arrogant. I think we're in the right here. I think you don't, just, you don't, measure, you don't measure players by spits and spots. You, you measure them by the, game, the overall game efforts, not just in terms of attacking first touch defending um, awareness on and off the ball shape and what have you. And I think Piazza's a club player. I, I remember having a chat with you. I think it was last year. Um, I went to a, um, a workshop at our, our soccer club and uh, the, the guy, um, the assistant head coach of the, the former assistant head coach of Canada's national team um, was uh, Benito Flores was there. And, and we were talking about when he coached the under 20 world cup 
um, several years ago, and he said the best player he saw in the whole World Cup was Lucas Lucas Piazon. He said just I just remember such, that. Yeah, such tremendous awareness and such quality, but such subtlety as well. And so you've really got to look, watch what he does. You know, you you've got to watch what he does, and and you if for no other reason, you've got to have faith in Slava. I mean, would. Why? Why? Why are fans going to question him? Twenty-three game unbeaten run. I mean, who are we? In a sense, I mean, it's. Um, so who do you want? Okay, Cabano. But Cabano, for all his brilliance in terms of speed, and I do love the lad, is, is predictable. Piazon, you're not really. You know, you're not really got you. You know, he, he's a bit unpredictable. He's the gravy with the meat and potatoes. Right. But then when he needs to muck in, he does it. Today he scored another crucial goal. So yeah. this is this is you know hopefully this will silence some fans. We, we've got short memories. We forgot Brian Ruiz. And Ruiz, for me, was a more skillful player. And Ruiz was accused of being lazy. And, and just a quality... You know, when we we fans run, ran Berber, Berbatov out of town. Good God. I mean, yeah. do you, you recognise quality when you see it? I mean, honestly. So I think we see it. We see it the right way. And uh, against Birmingham, he'll be starting again. I would expect that, yeah. That's all right. Right back to you. Mitro. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a seven. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I, although, yeah, but that's with a caveat because I, I don't think we did a very good job in the first half in terms of our midfield pushing up to, 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 to so that he could hold the ball off and lay off five to ten yards. We did a slightly better job in the second half. He had a couple of shots. One of the things I like about him is when he shoots, it's usually a very quick execution with little or no backlift. But again, cometh the hour, cometh the man. And um, the goal... The winner, again, ridiculous record. Superb cross. He's yep. finished it. That's what he's there for. And, uh, you know, he and Target have been such massive, massive signings. I mean, I was really excited when we signed him anyway. I thought, oh, my. Because we were all thinking, okay, it might be Dwight Gale that we could get. But but Rafa um, rolled the dice on this one. And so it's basically said to, you know, Mitro, go and score goals. Go and help them out, but go and score goals if you want to play at this level. And um, he has proved in the 14 games his value. With a good midfield that is creative, and we're, I think we've got a better midfield than Newcastle's anyway. We, I think we play a better style. So he's benefited from that style. And, um, you know, he's, uh, that's why he's been such a massive addition, uh, addition for us. Okay. Over to you, Max. Thoughts on Mitrovic? Yeah, I, I always like to give um, a lot of emphasis on goals when I'm doing post-match rating. So I'm going to say eight. For Mitrovic, because without him, I don't think we win this match. When we were trying to score and just could not find the finishing touch, he gave us that lethal header. And that is exactly what changed the match for me. So he's going to be an eight. I think he also had a number of really good opportunities earlier on in the match, took some shots from distance. And of course, he's always such a big uh, problem for opposition center backs. But to give credit to Kone and O'Shea, I thought they were pretty much well up for the effort. You know, they didn't oh, they roll well. over their physical players as well. So he didn't have his best match, but I think he came, he came good when it mattered. Okay. Very good. All right. Let's talk about two of the substitutes because uh, Carlos was not on long enough. And uh, I'm going to read the description of both of these. And Max, I'll go to you first. I agree with one. I disagree with another. Let's start with uh, Abubakar Kamara. Ryan O'Donovan gives him an eight. I agree with that. His pace made the equalizer as he broke through the midfield to play in Fredericks, a real live wire who Sunderland failed to live with. I completely agree with that. 
However, he gives Font to six and says, didn't have too much of an impact on the game this evening. All right, Max, your thoughts. I actually disagree with Ryan on Font. I think he should be a little bit higher. Do you agree or disagree with the ratings here? I think both players should be a tad higher. I'd say eight and a half for Kamara. He'd go down as my man of the match, considering how his substitution changed the match and also taking into account how he hadn't played in so long. His form was superb. He's a player who always is going to give his 100% effort. And when he does that and shows his pace and power, it's very difficult to get the ball off him. And he also had a really nice touch uh, with a couple of nice flicks, some technical touches, which shows he's not all brute power and pace. He also has a really good technique. So for me, it was a really not all-around very good performance in the Kamara. And Font, I'd probably say seven. I think he did have a bit of an impact. I think he added a really nice level of tactical nous uh, and technique to the to the match. Um, a different quality than Piazone, who's not, I wouldn't say, as technically gifted. Uh, Font was intelligent and had some really good, neat passes and kind of slowed down the game when it seemed like it might get away a bit from Fulham. So I could give both of those players uh, a bit higher because the substitutions for me is what changes match. Well, we've already talked about that. So uh, I see where you're going on that. Yeah, so I want to get your thoughts on both these players. I definitely agree on Kamara, and maybe Max is right, maybe even a little bit higher. I do disagree, though, on Font. I think Font did more than a six. Yeah, I do too. I thought um, um, I thought Kamara uh, uh, Boo was a catalyst when he came on. It wasn't long after he came on that we scored. And Font, I give a seven because Font did his job. Font did his job. He, he came on, he ran hard. His first touch was decent. You know, um, there's a couple of times he got he got sort of out muscled in terms of challenges, but a couple of times he went flying into block balls. He's done his job. He wasn't brought on to score a winner. He's gone. He was out there to try and help to lead the line, and he did that. And uh, you know, it's um, again, he's not not a very flash or fussy player, but as long as he's going out and he's giving good work, great. That's good. And it's testament to obviously the amount of work he's doing in in, in training that he feels the need to. Um, Slapper feels the need to give him some time, and I'm not going to question that. Okay, excellent there, Giannis. All right, we have to finish by talking about Slavisa. I'm going to give you the honors first. Give him a rating from 1 to 10, Giannis. I'm going to give him an 8. Um, I, I, th- okay. I thought um, the, 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 the boo-boo um, substitution for, for Matt Target was extremely brave. It was calculated and it worked. Uh, the lineup, there was no problem. We came up against a team that fought like Lions, no problem. Uh, Font did his job when he came on, no problem. Callas was out there for a little bit. Um, it was always a potential banana skin because you're going, uh, uh, playing against a team whose fate has been decided. Despite that, I think he's got the tactics right. It was a squeaker, but we've won a lot of one-goal games this year anyway, so it shouldn't be anything unusual. And um, So for that, I'd give him, so for, for all of those, I, I'd give him an eight. Okay. How about you, Max? I'm going to really pile the, uh, the, the plaudits on Jokanovic. I'm going to say nine and a half. Wow. I think his substitutions were quite simply remarkable. And I don't think any other manager in this division are, is, are going to make those kind of decisions. You know, To take off Target, who was injured, and put on Kamara, a striker, um, was such a bold attacking move. And it paid off because I don't think any other – a manager has that kind of insight or vision to see exactly what that match needs 
And it might not be the obvious decision, but he made the decision and it turned out to be a superb one. And I am very much of the opinion that if he did not put on Kamara and just put on Cyrus Christie, then we would have really struggled to break down Sunderland. And being 1-0 down, we would not have had that cutting edge to get back in the match. So Yukanovich made the difference for me tonight. Very impressed with him. And as you guys have been saying, you know, all show, he deserves championship manager of the season. He might not get the official award, but we we all know that he is the best. Okay, excellent. Great show, guys. And I just want to remind everyone that's listening to this uh, podcast that we basically recorded this about a little over an hour when we finished this. We started about a half hour after the match ended. So uh, these comments are, are pretty fresh whenever you are listening to it. When I do release it, we did record it, started about a half hour afterwards so uh i think we get some really good views from all three of us on this because it was an emotional match very nervy match but in the end i think we're all in agreement it's about getting the three points and full move on all right guys great show fantastic show but let's wrap this up for Jan janaeus and max cohen i'm russ coleman thank you as always for listening to cottage talk it's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match all your mates are around You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.